Hey guys, it's Sammy and Robbie back again to tell you about another upcoming con. And we're super excited about this one. Mm-hmm. It's another Indiana one. This one is Pop Con, Indie Pop Con to be exact. And it's going to be in Indianapolis, again at the Convention Center. Indiana Convention Center. Right in downtown Indianapolis. And Robbie will be there April 26th through the 28th. Yes. We were just at the Indiana Comic-Con, so if you missed us, Mm -hmm. you get a chance to meet us again Mm -hmm. at PopCon. Yes. Well, at least Robbie. At least me. Ashley will be there. Oh, yeah. Ashley will be there. That's an exciting thing. Ashley will be there, so you get to meet a lot of us on the network. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two-thirds. Two-thirds of it, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, if you're coming to the show, please stop by the Limitless Broadcasting booth. Mm -hmm. We're always excited to see you. All right. Oh, my God. Well, I guess we'll see you guys at the show. Bye. Bye. You're listening to the Limitless Broadcasting Network. All it takes is faith and trust. Oh, and something I forgot. Dust. Just a little bit of I solemnly swear that I am up to no good. You're a wizard, Harry. Turn to page 394. Of course it's happening inside your head, Harry. Why should that mean that it's not real? Welcome, Pixie Dusters. We're your favorite hosts. I'm Sammy. And I'm Ashley. Welcome to the Pixie Dust Twins podcast featuring Dan. Hello. <laughs> and produced by Limitless Broadcasting. Yes. I won't scream this time. Yeah, it's Thank a bit you. early today. To oh, gosh. That. I was listening to that episode and even I, in the car, I'm like, oh, oh, that's right. Dan screamed. <laughs> I, I don't even know why I did that. It just makes mm. me laugh. I don't know. You were hyper that morning. I don't mm-hmm. know. Really? Mm-hmm. It just makes me laugh. Yeah. Oh, and make sure you go check out all of our social medias after the show, too. Mm-hmm. Please. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, TikTok's already like 1,200 followers, mm-hmm. and our videos are actually like hitting the thousands. Mm-hmm. So wow. thank you, Harrison Ford. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Brought us up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah we'll keep that cool. momentum. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Mr. I Ford. bet the pot, I think we're going to get some hits with the the yeah. community i've been taking Probably. a little social media break but we will definitely be ready to go once this starts releasing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah speaking of which if you guys can't tell for the ones watching i'm wearing my gryffindor I have, scarf i have it you can't really and, see it griffin, nice it's and then i have my little yeah. gryffindor patch i should have like pinned it Mm-hmm. Um, no. we are talking. We are in our Potter summer. Woo! We have literally been talking about this for probably almost a year. Literally, yes. And it's finally here. Mm-hmm. We're so excited. Mm-hmm. We build up. We made it. Yes. Yes. Um, and today we are starting off with. I mean, what else? We always love to start off with the creator, mm-hmm. uh, and we are going to be talking about Miss J.K. Rowling. Yes, and Sammy did all the research today, but I uh, did. Just, just a disclaimer: like, if you guys don't agree with whatever's going on with J.K., 
I mean, just put it aside while you listen to this, because this is her creating something that we all love. And if you mm-hmm. can't get past it, turn off the podcast. Mm-hmm. Please no hate. Please no hate comments. We're just going to delete them. Please just leave the drama for your mama. Oh boy. That's my it's the, it's the internet. Isn't that what the internet's kind of for though? Just trolls. Drives up the engagement. It is not it what in, it's not what internet was for. Yes, but the... I get we I get the trolls do do the engagement, but I've seen some stuff that they've like said about people just for liking Harry Potter because of her because of whatever is going on with her. Oh, well, listen, and people get nasty on the internet. Crossing There's... the troll line, in my opinion. Yeah, huh. no, I can understand. And we will not tolerate any of that on ours. Mm-mm. No, sure won't. Yeah, yep. yeah. We're gonna we're gonna talk about J.K. a little bit. We're gonna talk about her works, obviously Harry Potter to a certain extent. Yeah, some charity work that she's done, honors and awards. So just kind of like a general, you know, overview. Yeah. Yeah. I dig it. Yeah. All right. So we're going to do some personal life for JK. In case you didn't know, her actual name, full name is Joanne Rowling. Joanne. I thought it was Joan. I I got this from her website. So I promise I did not mess this up. (laughs) I love how she didn't tell us her middle name. Um, she went by, oh my gosh, I thought I wrote it down if it was Catherine or Kathleen. I think it was, double check it for me. Okay, I'll, I'll look while you talk. Yeah, because I probably did forget to copy it down because I did see it somewhere. Um, but she went by J.K. Rowling because, you know, who's going to read a book by a woman? You know, yeah, we'll get into that in a second. As publishers do, making their assumptions about things. Mm. Mm-hmm. gotta love that misogyny right mm-hmm. Kath- kathleen yeah see I almost her okay. paternal grandmother's name mm, there you go from her grandmother yeah okay. so joanne kathleen rowling was born on july 31st 1965 who else has that birthday mm. Yeah. Mm. i wonder yeah mm. okay uh she was born at yate general hospital near bristol and she grew up in Glaucenshire. I can't do this. So we're just going to sound through some of this stuff. Sorry, my Brits. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure I'm butchering this because, you know, it's someone, someone get on our social and like, like pronounce phonetically, it out Yeah. Phonetically put it in there. <laughs> phonetically explain this to me. Anyway, it was in England. Uh, and she also grew up in Gwent, Chepstow and Southeast Wales. So well, I can do. Yeah, I can kind of sound those out. So I I feel okay about those. When she was nine, she actually moved near the Forest of Dean. Another reference that pops up in Mm -hmm. Harry Potter. Mm -hmm. Yep, in the Deathly Hollows, And she spent the rest of her childhood there. So I was like, oh, it's a real place. Because I don't look up these things. Mm -hmm. Especially did not when I was like a teen and a kid (laughs) reading these. You know, yeah. So I think it's always fun to know, oh, this is like a real thing. Oh, yeah. cool. It's fun to see where creators work in the real world into their yeah, world. Yeah, exactly. Well, where they get their inspirations. Mm-hmm. It's fun to see her in a little, she puts a little bit of her in all her characters. Like right. Harry has the same birthday. Mm-hmm. Emma's family is the one who has the connection to Forrest Dean. There's probably mm-hmm. something with Ron mm-hmm. that will come across later. But mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, those little tie-ins. So her father, Peter, was an aircraft engineer at the Rolls-Royce factory in Bristol. Hmm. And her mother, Anne, was a science technician in the chemistry department at Wydean Comprehensive. 
And that's also where Joe went to school. Oh, those are fun, very different careers from what she did. Very interesting. Anne, unfortunately, was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis when Joe was a teenager, and she actually died in 1990 before the Harry Potter books were even published. That's sad. Yeah. And Joe has a younger sister named uh, Di. Let me see. It's Di. Yeah. I don't think I had any idea that she had a sister. No idea. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, oh, news to me. All right. There you go. No idea. Joe wrote her first book at the age of six. It was a story about a rabbit called Rabbit. Fitting, you're six, so you're Uh not going to get too creative, right? At 11, she wrote her first novel about seven cursed diamonds and the people who owned them. I thought that was very ambitious. I want to read. I know, right? I don't know how long it was, but they called it a novel, so. Hmm. I'm assuming it was ambitious for an 11-year-old. J.K. Rowling has been married to Dr. Neil Murray since 2001. They live in Edinburgh with their son, David, who was born in 2003, and daughter, Mackenzie, who was born in 2005. Okay. Yeah. Still living in England. So before we discuss the big one, the Harry Potter, mm-hmm. J.K. has done some other stuff <laughs> since, since Harry Potter. She has produced some other works. So in two th- or 2012, uh, she published her first novel for adults called The Casual Vacancy. I think I kind of remember hearing she was releasing something. I never read I, it. I remember it, seeing it in the bookstores. There were right? shelves upon shelves upon shelves. Yeah, I but I definitely did it. not read this. <laughs> but this book has been translated into 44 languages and was adapted for TV by the BBC in 2015. So hmm. I guess it's got some success, right? The BBC made it into a, a show or movie or whatever they did. I don't know. Under the pseudonym Robert Galbraith, J.K. Rowling also writes crime novels featuring private detective Cormoran Strike. No idea that she did this. She's Robert Galbraith? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. The first I've seen of, the name. I just didn't know. Well, there you go. So the first of these, The Cuckoo's Calling, was published to critical acclaim in 2013 at first without its author's true identity being known. The Silkworm followed in 2014, Career of Evil in 2015, Lethal White in 2018, Troubled Blood in 2020, and The Ink Black Heart in 2022. And again, the series has been adapted for television by the BBC and HBO. No idea. Wow. Yeah. That's where she's been all this time. She's doing stuff. She is doing stuff. I she's did. Busy. I'm like, she's a busy lady, but well, after the casual vacancy, I'm like, okay, where, where are you? Yeah. You've no, left. I was waiting for like more children's books of some she's sort. She's out and about. And I don't think I have it in here, but when she was writing under her other pseudonym, she actually didn't really want to be found out. She kind of liked the, you know, and anonymous the anonymous publishing anonymity. anonymity. Yes. She liked that, but as people do, they sleuth on the internet, they figure things out, things mm. get leaked, whatever happened, people did figure it out that that was actually her. But yeah. her her goal is to kind of be like, oh, I'll just release these and not really get the attention. And that's that's fine because she's had more than enough. Attention. That makes a lot of sense because like her name has been so forever. I mean, it, it, she is Harry Potter, like her yes. culturally, mm-hmm. her name is always getting you know, George Lucas, Star Wars, JK, Harry mm-hmm. Potter. So wanting to create other things, people are going to automatically be biased against you. So yeah, yeah, I get it. Isn't the same. They're crime books, you know, Mm -hmm. what is she doing? She shouldn't be writing those, but obviously. That's like when King wrote under Richard Bachman. Yeah. 
I, I mean, it makes sense to me when you become that well known, you still want to find that sense somewhere where you can still be creative in a different way. Exactly. Right. And well, not be I have much. a new reading list because mm-hmm. I, I love detective mysteries. So and guess what? Several choices. So yep. I'm heading to the bookstore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a, a laundry list for you to check out. Mm-hmm. Uh, J.K. Rowling's 2008 Harvard commencement speech was published in 2015 as an illustrated book called Very Good Lives, The Fringe Benefits of Failure and the Importance of Imagination. Did not know this either, but I thought that was pretty cool. And it sold an aid of Loomis, which I will, I will talk about Loomis like in a little bit. Loomis. Loomis. I'm sorry. It is a spell. (laughs) Loomis. I know. And I I was saying it right in my head and I'm like, what are you doing? You can't get the word out. It's very early. I'm sorry. And I did not sleep well. So we're going to, we're going to bust through this. Okay. Okay. Power and through. Woof. Okay. Anyways. And it gave financial aid to Harvard. So there you go. go. Done with that topic. Okay. Oh boy. In May, 2020, her fairy tale for younger children, the Ichabog was serialized for free online um, during the COVID-19 pandemic. So she made this other story and it was available in the summer 2020 because, you know, people were stuck at home and not doing much and it sucked. So yeah, she made that available for free. Hmm? be at work <laughs> I, I need to stay at home I, I was I not at home work. I was not at home either so the I feel I feel like I was not all I was out and about and I was around sick people so yeah mm. mm-hmm. yeah uh and that book the royalties of that online book went to charities supporting vulnerable groups that were affected by the pandemic so I thought that was cool nice. okay Harry Potter the books We'll talk about a little bit because we are going to be spending a lot of individual time on these Uh in the next several months, weeks, long time. Okay. But we're going to talk a little bit about it today. So Joe conceived the idea of Harry Potter in 1990 while sitting on a delayed train from Manchester to London, King's Cross. Again, it's a real thing. I think I knew that was real though. I think that's pretty pretty popular. (laughs) That's a thing. Over the next five years, she began to map out all seven books of the series. She wrote mostly in longhand and gradually built up a mass of notes, many of which were scribbled on odd scraps of paper. So I feel like she's in Ashley's realm there with let's write all of this stuff. (laughs) I'm in her realm. Like Mm -hmm. I very much yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what made me think of. Yeah, I was like, oh. Oh, this is how Ashley would. Yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. It's how I write. It really is. I have a mm-hmm. whole notebook with random stuff everywhere. Mm-hmm. I love longhand. Mm-hmm. Well, I so hate getting I mean, on and typing it. It's a little different, you know, in 1990 because the computer age hadn't really made like the same boom it is now. But mm-hmm. it's still nice to know that she's sat down and was writing all this stuff as she thought about it. And, you know, it's a fun well, thing. to. And there's about. a lot of like famous authors that they thought of something they wrote on a napkin at a mm-hmm. restaurant and like Crazy. different pieces of paper. Yep. These authors, these amazing authors who actually have given us such brilliant pieces of work mm-hmm. aren't someone who sat down and said, okay, I need to write a brilliant piece of work What and try to come up with it on the spot. Like, it's just something that comes to them over time mm-hmm. and, the character and builds. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, she's one of the greats for the rest yes. of our lives, for the rest mm-hmm. of eternity. Truly, truly. Mm-hmm. And that shows you how long it takes because it said five years. Mm-hmm. She was mapping this out. So it's not like she sat down in an afternoon and was like, oh, okay, yeah. 
Yeah. This is Harry Potter. And most people think that who are not writers too. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, I just sat fast. down and it'll just in like, you know, two days. And usually no. those are the ones that are horrific. Or those are the no offense, but those are usually like the Hallmark movie ones or the mm. Harlequin book ones. Well, they have sure, a formula. Sure. Yes. They have a formula. They can they can write it out, yeah. but it's the same thing every time. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To be fair, there are exceptions. That is how the first Rocky movie got made. Sly wrote the whole thing in like two days. So it does happen. Yes, that's yeah. fair. So it does happen on a, okay. on occasion, yes. very, very occasionally. We're, so don't, just, you know, in your brain, don't think and that happens for everybody. Yeah, exactly. I'm being general. Oof, I'm being general. Mm-hmm. I was being general. I'll, yes. I'll, let me, let me put that up. I'm being general. Yeah. There are gems. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm telling that to myself because I used to think that way too. I'm like, if I'm going to be that brilliant, I'll just read, 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 read. And one day I'll just have this brilliant burst of inspiration and I'll get the whole thing done in like a day. That's mm-hmm. not how it works. Anyhow, uh, it works. Very rare. Yeah. It yeah, took the, me yeah, 10, work in. 10 years to do the first draft of my um, fan fiction novel. Mm-hmm. Even though I don't like to call it a fan fiction. Oh, listen, I, I mean, I've I've had something I've been working on since college and I'm still working on it. So yeah. there you go. <laughs> That's how it goes. Yeah. Yep. It just keeps growing. So mm-hmm. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So JK took her notes about Harry Potter with her and she moved to northern Portugal to teach English as a foreign language. Married Jorge Arentes in 1992, had a daughter Jessica in 1993. And then her marriage ended that same year, unfortunately. So she came back to the UK to live in Edinburgh with Jessica in a suitcase that contained the first three chapters of Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. So she was a single mother for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in Edinburgh, she trained as a teacher and she began teaching in the city's schools, but she continued to write in every spare moment that she had. So she was not giving up on it. And yes. Questions? Did you say you got all this from her website? Uh, Britannica, her web, a lot of it was from her website, and then I just filled in holes. Okay, because there was a story a long time ago that she came up with Harry Potter after her marriage ended with Jorge. See, the so timeline I'm glad was that to me, yes, because that's not what her website said. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah. I'm glad that that's that's um um cleared up because for the longest time before internet was a big thing. The story that you would see on the news was she created Potter at, like while she was dealing with now being a single mom. Mm-hmm. And the reality is, no, she wasn't. She just, mm-hmm. it, it continued to develop afterwards. So that's good exactly. to know. Exactly. I learned something new. I know. I was surprised too. And I was like, am I messing this up? And I'm like, no, I this is the part I got from her website. So yeah. no, I'm going to follow her. Okay. Yeah, because one of the websites I looked at did have the timeline off. And I was like delete i'm not putting this in because i think it's yeah. wrong because that's not what her website said i got from jkrolling.com so yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. so i mean cool. really the story would be better to say she finished the book as a struggling single mom yep you know and there were times she does um, talk about i don't have her in here but she talks about feeling depressed and hopeless and mm-hmm. she actually thought about ending her life at one point mm-hmm. she was so down and that just goes yeah. to show you know she she's pushed through and she made the Potter saved her Mm -hmm, it did so even though Mm -hmm. she started it before it's still fair to say that about Harry Potter it's still just as magical of a story yeah so she finally completed her manuscript and she sent the first three chapters to a number of literary agents many of whom were like no thank you pass not interested Mm -mm. but one of them wrote back and asked to see the rest of it 
And she said it was the best letter I had ever received in my life. I can't imagine, especially with her, like we just said, struggling and being a single mom. I can't imagine mm-hmm. getting that letter and being like, ah, it might happen. Yeah. It's amazing. After all of these rejections, she finally sold the book, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, for the equivalent of about $4,000. Wow. Which is insane to think about when we think about the world of Harry Potter now and all of the money that it's made. So her initial investment back that she got was $4,000 for her book. (laughs) The book was published by Bloomsbury Children's Books in June 1997 under JK, as we've said, JK Rowling. Oh, here we go. I did have it. The case stands for Kathleen. Uh, I did have it. I just can't remember where I put it. Okay. So as we said, for her grandmother's name, and it was added at the publisher's request who thought a book by an obviously female author might not appeal to the target audience of young boys. The target audience. I don't think young boys would understand that, that what an author's name is. Like who cares? They're yeah. going to see the boy on the cover and want to read it. <laughs> like literally, I, I know when I was younger, I looked at the cover, I read the description and I was like, this sounds interesting. I wasn't like, oh, who's JK Rowling? Is this a dude? I didn't even think no, about that. I didn't care. Elementary yeah. kid looks at that. The parents might, but no <laughs> elementary kid does. And also mm-hmm. the target audience of young boys. I'm sorry. <laughs> mm, no. Well, I mean, it's a boy. A main I know. Just because a boy. Boy is on the cover. We discussed this. I know we have. I know. I know we have. Just because a boy is on the cover doesn't mean we don't want to read it. Okay? It's magic. Yeah. You want the freaking Hogwarts. Come on. All of us want to go to Hogwarts. I know. Just saying. True. But it's okay. It's all right. <laughs> so the book was published. Fired up. U- I know. <laughs> the book was published <laughs> in the U.S. by Scholastic under a different title at the publisher's request. Because I don't know if you know this, but Americans are kind of stupid. So we don't know what a Philosopher's Stone is. So they changed it to Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. I was wondering about that. I saw that in the documentary. I was like, oh, yes, when she wrote Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, I was like, did I miss something? No. Is there a prequel no. that I missed or something? No. no, we're just dumb. So they had to change. We're the name. not dumb. I don't think we're dumb. It's like I don't our think culture we're dumb. is different. I mean, philo- I, I know the philosopher's stone. That's like that's like deep into British lore in general. Yes, right? they yeah. just that's thought a... kids wouldn't understand. Merlin. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. They yeah, just yeah, thought yeah. kids wouldn't get it in America because we didn't grow up in Britain. Mm-hmm. It's because our we use different words for different things. Mm-hmm. Like exactly. Brits, Brits think we're ridiculously dumb because of how we change their words to our words. Mm-hmm. Like they call things different than we do, and they're yeah. like, "That makes no sense." Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So the philosopher's stone, we would have never known what that was as a kid because mm-hmm. we ne- we didn't we use sorcerer instead of philosopher or yeah. or wizard or whatever. Well, you in know? our minds, like the word philosopher is like Aristotle or, you know, yeah, that thinkers is, yeah. and like, you know, think people who write out mm-hmm. ideas and stuff, not magic. And yeah. that comes from Greece and Rome, not from us. Exactly. So Fair. you can't blame us. You can't fault us for that one. No. Nope. But like I said, I don't agree with that. But I just remember that being like the story back then that was, you know. Oh, they still think we're dumb. They had to explain they're it to just, us. Everyone thinks they're we're dumb. Still, they're still bitter that we left them. <laughs> After all this time, yes, it's true. After all this time, always. Thank always. you. Thank you, Dan. Yeah, I got it. I got Ashley it. Ashley was slow. I'm disappointed, but it's okay. I had to switch gears. I went from Revolutionary War to Snape in my head. It's Very okay, slowly. Dan saved the day. No I got I got this. the deep cut before Ashley did. That's I know. Something. Bravo. Bravo. Listen, there's still about this much copy. <laughs> I've had, well, yeah, okay. 
This is on my third couch. This is my first. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It's a struggle this morning. It's a struggle. I'll say that. Uh, Okay. So anyway, so Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone came out over here in 1998 and six titles followed in the Harry Potter series. All of them were a record-breaking success, as we know. All of them were bestsellers. They're available in more than 200 countries, 60 some languages, and there's a lexicon <laughs> of new words. So many yeah. new terms that we learned. Like they give an example. This is from Britannica. And they're like muggle, a person who possesses no magical powers. I'm like, that's, yeah, that is one of the common ones though. So. Yep. Yeah. The phenomenal response to her books culminated in July 2000 when the fourth volume in the series, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, became the fastest selling book in 24 hours ever. Mm -hmm. It saw its first printing of 5.3 million copies and advanced orders of over 1.8 million. Yeah, I was one of those people. Yeah, I was too. Yeah, Mm -hmm. let me tell you, I have a fun story, so. We pre-ordered the book from Barnes Noble, as we did, because you know Barnes Noble was was it back in the day. Ashley and I, I were. I love my Barnes and Noble. I know. I don't really have one close to me anymore. It makes me kind of sad Poor because thing. we used to just walk around in there for hours. You have books a million. Books. It's the same thing, and they actually have a better clearance area. That's where I went well, when I lived down there. There's a Barnes and Noble over on Sand Lake, but it's just like uh, I don't want to drive over mm-hmm. there. But there used to be a Barnes and Noble actually right on in Winter Garden. And it yeah. left, like I'm when sorry. I moved here. And I'm just offended by this, but it is what it is. So we got down. one down here in Tampa. Well, over there sometimes. Yeah. Oh, our well. I've been to that one. Mm-hmm. Um, our Jefferson Point, um, Barnes and Noble is no longer there. It is in a tiny little shack next to Target across the street. This offends. I me. was, and that happened while I was. How you do that to Barnes and Noble? What in the world? I know. I'm highly offended I, by this news. I was so offended. So I, I actually went to Jefferson Point when I got home. Like when I moved back to Indiana, mm-hmm. I'm like, I need to go. I need Barnes and Noble. Like I just need to go. And I go, mm-hmm. and I go into Jefferson Point, and I look, and I'm like, that's not Barnes and Noble. It's some home goods store. I'm like. Mm-hmm. I think I cursed out loud in my car. Um, <laughs> I like, got on and looked up Barnes and Noble and it was across the street. So I went over to look at it and I walked in and I felt so claustrophobic. The ceilings are down. There's, it's just, so I only go to Glenbrook now. At least that one's there. That's a nice yeah, big that one's store. Still there, thankfully. Yeah. Actually, Glenbrook has gotten better than Jefferson Point. That's pathetic. I know that's this is way sad. older. Than I know, Jefferson Dan, you don't Point. understand this. Uh, it's a like way a older mall. Thing, but it's way older. It's old. Yeah. It, it should not be doing better. And Jefferson Point was going up when we were in high school. Yeah. And now it's like. Interesting. At least you got it's Barnes Noble there, though. Yeah. Anyway. So it's like, it's like one of those old malls that should be dead, but still hanging yes. on. Yes. Well, we got one like yes. that right here. We got one just like that. Yeah. Well, Sears, Sears went out of business. Right. And they took Sears and broke it up. And there's a bunch of like amazing new stores in there now. Okay. That's so good. They were like, able to use it's the space. revitalizing it. That's yeah. good because yeah, I was worried when I saw Sears was closing because I was like one of the main stores at the mall. Yeah. If you ever come home, I'll take you and show you how weird well, it is. Well, I will be home. You already what? know. I well. What? Where are you getting oh, married at? Oh, dumb, dumb. Okay. Oh my god! I thought you were coming to visit. <laughs> this is a. I was. I mean, I was already thinking like, oh, we should plan to go back up there. I've been wanting to, but then I'm like, well, that's a good excuse. So you know. Sorry, my brain was not there this morning. <laughs> this is really strong. Anyway, so before we got totally off topic, my apologies. 
Anyway, so I had ordered, (laughs) I had ordered the, well, I didn't, you know, my parents ordered it because I was, you know, not old enough to really do this on my own, but we ordered the Goblet of Fire Mm pre-ordered. I was one of those people from Barnes and Noble, but the day it was going to be released, we were going out of town on vacation and I'm literally like, I'm going to die without my book. Like, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me as a teenager. (laughs) I am so upset because I've been waiting on this book. So my mother literally went to the post office and she's like, can we come by? I put a hold on our mail since we'll be out of town, but can I just pick up one thing? And the nice lady at the post office was like, surely, yes, you can get the book. It's already here. We just can't deliver them until whatever date it was. And so we did that on our way out of town. And I read the book the whole drive and I can't read in the car. It makes me sick, but I read that book. I was, mm -mm, I was into it. Well, I had to share the dang book with my brother. Mom and dad wouldn't buy us two copies. Oh. Every single Harry Potter book, we only had, had one copy share. of it. Oh, man. I had them all. I got to keep them all. Right. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I, we had to share. So literally, Travis and I, it was during spring break, right? Mm-hmm. Is when it came out. Travis Travis took one day and he read from cover to cover of Goblet of Fire in one day. And I did it the next day. Yeah. Sounds about right. Yeah, I know. I flew through that book. Yep. That was Even the worst part. The thickest book. I know. You fly through so many pages and then you're like, now what? <laughs> I have to wait yep. another like two years for another book. Oh yeah. gosh, that stunk. <sighs> that was the worst. Yeah. But that's one of my favorite memories so, of mm-hmm. Harry Potter. Um, okay. And then the sixth installment came out in July 2005 and it sold 6.9 million copies in the U.S. in its first 24 hours. Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince was the biggest opening in publishing history. So wow. there you go. Mm-hmm. And I remember as this just kept going on, you'd see those mm-hmm. news stories. Do so they have like overnight parties for everybody to go and dress mm-hmm. up and re- get their Harry Potter book and everyone's just sitting around and like the Barnes and Noble reading. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. all they show on the news. Oh, fun times. I imagine that to have been like what Lord of the Rings was like, re- like the books when they got released, like back way back when like the the craziness Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. probably so prior to its july 2007 release the seventh and final installment in the harry potter series obviously we know this harry potter and deathly hollows was the largest ever pre-ordered book at barnes and noble and borders and at amazon.com yeah borders rest in peace rest in peace borders you are certainly no longer around that's what i miss i like barnes and noble but i really miss borders Borders vibes. Yeah. Borders Borders was our bookstore before Barnes and Noble came to Fort Wayne. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. And I remember they used to have a Borders like downtown Indianapolis, and I loved going there because it was Mm. two floors and had so many windows. It was so cool. Yeah. No more. Amazing. I know there's a two story Barnes and Noble in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Oh, very Because I went to go look at a college there my senior year, and I remember Mm -hmm. them taking me taking us to this Barnes and Noble. And I'm like, I'm going to live here. <laughs> this is it. Okay. I mean, that was before I found Southeastern and came to yes. Southeastern, but yeah. I was like, if I didn't find Southeastern, I would have went to Concordia in Michigan, which is near mm-hmm. university of Michigan. And mm-hmm. I would have lived in that Barnes and Noble, mm-hmm. like my you whole college career. You would have liked the one I had, I found in LA. There was like maybe two, it might've been three stories. I'm not sure, oh. but it was definitely two. It was huge. I mean, just like oh. you, you, you <laughs> You could spend days in there and still not see everything. Like, it was massive. I didn't know such thing existed. I didn't either. Wow. It's amazing. (sighs) 
Oh, I just I need to go to a bookstore today. Mm-hmm. I know, right? We're just like teasing Ashley. <laughs> I, need <laughs> to go, I need to go dog. to hide. I need to go to hide books. That's our old Samantha. Did you ever go to hide books? I don't think downtown so. on Wells. Mm-mm, I don't um, think so. It's uh, you walk in and it's all used books, but it's like oh. floor to ceiling with the ladders and the the Ooh, and you go down in the basement. It. And just it's it's just oh, it's love a vibe. It. It's a whole vibe. I love it. Yeah, that's the thing now is to go to like a used bookstore and just take in the, mm-hmm. I don't know, the feels I, all these loved books. I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah, I found it when I'm, or not found it. My brother introduced it to me when I moved back from Florida mm-hmm. the first time. Mm-hmm. And I just, oh, I love that store. Oh, man. Anywho. Okay, so back to JK. I can talk about bookstores all day. I know, we're just going to continue <laughs> to probably interrupt with bookstore love, but anyways. So J.K. Rowling has also written two small companion volumes that go with Harry Potter that appear as the titles of Harry's school books within the novels. So we have Fantastic Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them and Quidditch Through the Ages. Those were published in March 2001 in aid of comic relief. And in December 2008, a third companion volume, The Tales of Beetle the Bard, was published in aid of of her international children's charity, Lumos. Good job. <laughs> I can do it. It's just my brain yeah. is tired. Travis and I had the the Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them and Quidditch Through the Ages growing up. Mm-hmm. And then I have Beetle and Bards back on this shelf back here. Ah, uh, I don't know if I have Tales of Beetle and Bard. I'll have to check and see. I know Travis, I have the first two. Travis has the other two. I need to get them for my collection. Yeah, he I doesn't I forgot that them. he kept them. Yeah, no, no, he... I'll just go buy them. Oh, you're just going to buy them? I thought you were just going to yeah, steal he... them. He loves Harry Potter. Like he recollected the books because I took the other ones. Oh, okay. You um, made him buy them. Okay. So, well, when when I was going off to college, Travis kind of lost his interest in reading and mm-hmm. books. So he's like, oh yeah, just take them. Mm-hmm. And then after, when he started getting his interest back, he's like, dang it, Ashley has the books. I'm like, I do. And guess what? You don't get them back. No, <laughs> they are mine forever. They are mine. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to rebuy them. Mm-hmm. Yes. And last little bit about the books in 2012 jk rowling's digital company pottermore was launched which now is the wizarding world it became wizarding world in 2019 potter publishing pottermore publishing continues to be the global digital publisher of harry potter fantastic beasts and the wizarding world i like the pottermore website better i think i've gotten I got on, I just got on the Wizarding World website last night to just verify, like, I had all my stats mm-hmm. right for myself. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't like this layout. Yeah, I think I do miss the old Pottermore feel. I do. I miss it. Mm-hmm. But everything adapts and changes. I know. <sighs> Such is life. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. So there's also Harry Potter movies, if y'all didn't know about it. Uh, no. <laughs> really? Uh, what? what? No, Holy crap. Uh, who knew? No idea. Right? Who knew? So the books were transformed into a blockbuster series of eight films because the final book, which was 750 pages long, was made into two films. But let's be real. Most of these could have probably been more. two films plus, which is why I'm glad they're going to do a series because Same. that's the only way to really, really do Harry Potter. Same. The movies were released over 10 years and it grossed more than $7 billion worldwide. Oof. That's it. I'm kidding. What is I'm wrong kidding. with you? You did this with George <laughs> Lucas. So I'm not surprised if you were really like, oh, there's not more. No, no, no. I'm George only got $4 billion. What is that? That's okay. not what? Oh, what is it? Okay. 
Because what are you going to do with four billion dollars? He needs at right. least ten, right? I mean, uh -huh. more, more money, mm -hmm. all of the money. Mm -hmm. Anyways, so in two thousand one, the film adaptation of the first book was released by Warner Brothers, and then obviously we did six more and whatever. We just did this. Um, the last one came out in twenty eleven. So in 2016, J.K. Rowling made her screenwriting debut with the film Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, which is a further extension of The Wizarding World, and it was released to critical acclaim in November 2016. So good. I really did enjoy that movie. I and loved like, the first one. I remember sitting there, and then, you know, like, when the music starts, mm -hmm. and I was like, oh, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> it was just so magical to be back in that world. So yeah, I really did enjoy that. Um, so if you haven't seen it, this movie or this series of movies follows the adventures of Madge's zoologist, Newt Scamander. I think that's how Commander. you say it. Commander, sorry. Madge, Madge's zoologist. Is that how you say that? I think that's how Madge you say it. Or Madge. I'm assuming it's Madge, um, right? Like Madge? Madge's zoologist. Yeah. I got so stuck on that word. And then it was set before Harry Potter. Because if you didn't know, Newt, like, you know, he was alive way before Harry Potter was even thought about. See. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then the second film, Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald, was released in 2018. And then the third, Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore, was released in 2022. I still haven't seen that one. It's okay. It just makes me sad. I just haven't done it. It just was making me more and more sad, honestly, well, as we continued on this series. <laughs> it was that bad i just i don't know it's just not the same i just mm. it doesn't have the magic it's, it's like star wars you just gotta watch it and appreciate it and just it's know that harry the potter. first ones are better yeah it's still got <laughs> harry potter stuffs so you know yeah. still gonna watch it but not my favorite let's say that and there is a play also created so in 2016 jk rowling collaborated with playwright Jack Thorne and director John Tiffany on an original new story for the stage. Harry Potter and the Cursed Child parts one and two opened in London and is playing in multiple locations around the world. And the script book was published to mark the play's opening in July, 2016 and instantly topped the bestseller it's, list. It's back there. Back you have there. it? No, I, oh yeah, I read, I got it the first day I could. You know what, I, I, have, I have not read it because I wasn't sure if I wanted I heard like mixed reviews about it and then I didn't want to like ruin my Harry Potter well, world, you know? Yeah. There's stuff on there that you're going to be like, seriously, why did you go there? Like I mm. was like, seriously. Why? Yeah. But it's really cool to see, to see like Harry as a, as a father and kind of see what his kids could have been like mm -hmm. and the, the struggles of being a child of the chosen one. Mm -hmm. Um, because I mean, do you? I mean, do you know at least the premise of what happens with his son? Yeah, I vaguely know the premise. Yeah. Okay, so mm -hmm. he becomes a Slytherin, right? Mm -hmm. And he's like scared out of his mind because that's how they ended the first book. Yeah, where so he's he like, going to be a Slytherin. A Slytherin. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. So it's it is an interesting book. Now, how the ending and the they bring in Voldemort again and they steal my idea of Voldemort having a secret girl child. Really. <sighs> Yes, they really do. Like I was a little, uh, little Ray Skywalker, but all right. Uh, this is what I, just I didn't want to deal with. Is stuff I that I feel Palpatine like why? Well, do you know? You want to know who her mother is? It's Bellatrix, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. See, I've so I've read enough to know. Yeah. Then 
than mm-hmm. Bellatrix because you know Bellatrix was like this weird obsession of Voldemort yes. um mm-hmm. but I was reading it and I'm like seriously this was like my child I told you guys about this this was like my childhood idea mm-hmm. of secret daughter of Voldemort sort of mm-hmm. deal and how yeah, someone I'm, ends up yeah, in I a book talking about that I'm mm-hmm. like this years ago heck jk <laughs> i mean she probably had the idea before me but still i mean she yeah. created it so probably <laughs> maybe i'm just like a version of jk because i think of her things i don't know part of her uh what's it the the horcrux or whatever her soul yeah, yeah. oh yeah you got no all part of, of her let's soul, be real anybody who read the books are one of her horcruxes fair that's fair we are all horcruxes of jk rowling that's fair she will live forever no, she really will. No, sir. Really will. That's just what writing like, is. Writing is immortality. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just like I was just about to say, just like Lewis, just like Tolkien, just like mm-hmm. what else can I think of off the top of my head? I feel like there's so many authors that there are. There are um Steinbeck, mm-hmm. uh King. King. I was just thinking Stephen King. Martin's gonna be known forever. Mm-hmm. Wait, who? What? Martin. Martin. Oh, George. George. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, what's her? I, face? I don't hate him like everyone else. Who, who were Twilight? Him. I'm just not a fan of the books. I, I'm I'm kind of over the books. I'll be honest. Like yeah. I was really into him, and now I just don't care anymore. Yeah. Who were uh, Twilight? Uh, what's her? No, face? I'm not even going to say her name. She's not going to live forever. <laughs> no, that was a joke. I'm that sorry, is, everybody. That is I'm that sorry. is that banned on this on this podcast. Uh, anyway, I still regret the days that I read those and went to the movies. Remember, we went to a midnight premiere. We sure did. I regret those days. And then they played at Harry Potter. Do you remember they played a Harry Potter trailer before? And that was amazing. Yeah, and we were like, oh, "Okay, <laughs> this is definitely two different like fandoms." Really, yeah. but we only like we only really read Twilight because we were sad and waiting for a Harry Potter something. I think we were like going through withdrawals and we needed something to latch on to. Yeah, because well, those are not well first, written books. The first book was not bad. It's okay, but when you really start rereading it, especially as an oh, adult, yeah. I'm like, yeah. this is pretty. Mm, no. But the second book, I remember the second book coming out and being just ticked just because of the themes that she was putting in there. And I'm like, mm. oh, dear Lord. It's pretty messy. I threw it in my bedroom wall and made a hole. <laughs> my parents did not know it to that day wow. where that hole came from. But it came from this the fact that breaking, breaking I, news. <laughs> I, threw a, I threw a book at the wall for the first time ever in my life and made a hole because it was a hardback cover. Oh, that's hilarious. Wow. Oh, my God. I've never gotten so angry, angry enough at a book to throw it. I've gotten angry at a book, never enough to get violent. Um, do you know the premise of New Moon of Twilight? That's okay. fine. I wouldn't so, expect you to. <laughs> it's okay. I didn't know because you, me and Holly would read them. So I didn't know if you ever heard, like. We just I, I heard you and I heard other people at the time talking about it, yeah. but I sort of tuned it out. So Fair. pretty much the thing was Edward, the sparkly vampire, mm-hmm. um, left Bella because he was um he didn't he didn't want to put her in harm's way anymore. He left her and she went into such a depression that she couldn't even function because he wasn't around. Pretty much the theme of that book was. You can't function unless you have a man. Mm-hmm. Jeez. And she's a teenager. Because she didn't start, and she's a teenager. Mm-hmm. She right. didn't start functioning again until Jacob Black, who's Taylor Lautner, who plays by Taylor Lautner, mm-hmm. came back, it, like, came into her life. And even that took a while. Like, even then, it took a while. And she jumped off some cliff 
mm-hmm. to like try to feel something. I'm like, I'm reading this book. I'm like, this is not what you tell teenage girls. They mm-hmm. do not need a man to function. Right. No, I was pissed. Well, because then and it was the, whole the whole premise was the love triangle too, right? Like, oh, <sighs> oh, Edward's in love. Oh, with and Bella, how they ended and that love triangle. Jacob's in love with Lord. Bella. It was just so stupid. Mm-hmm. Yes, and then that well, the last book is the most horrendous thing I think I've ever read. Yep, <laughs> really, it's so bad. And so I'll know what to avoid now. They're so they're not werewolves. Though. They're, they're so bad. Shifters. They're mm-hmm. shapeshifters, not werewolves. Whatever. Okay. Um, and which is dumb. Um, because they shape into a wolf. Cause they're so they're a werewolf. Um, and then they do this thing where they imprint on like a female that, um, if whether it's like um a sisterly love that turns into a romantic love and usually it ends up in a romantic love. Uh, and they're supposed to be their mate. Well, I don't know how she worked this out, but apparently Edward and Bella can have a child. Vampires are dead, so I don't know not how that works. Thing. It's so not a Yeah, thing. but I mean, Whatever. he's a vampire that sparkles in the sun. He's not a real vampire. It's like, so he's, bad. He's, he's got to be some sort of distant cousin that's closely related to the vampire or sure. something. Sure. Well, they all sparkle. Not. All vampires in her, her life, in her thing, sparkle. don't get killed by the sun, and they all sparkle. Mm-hmm. That's her every vampire in the world in her series. Mm-hmm. Um, so they uh, they have a child somehow, and then she turns into a vampire. Um, and then Jacob imprints on their daughter to break the love triangle, like the child, like the baby. The, the only toddler. good part of the yes, not even the toddler, the newborn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The only good thing in that book, <laughs> exactly. the only favorite thing I have in the fourth book is when Bella finds out he imprinted on her daughter and she almost tears him to pieces. That was the only good part of that book. That's because well, she's, she's actually showing some form of emotion at that point. Yeah. For so the first time she's ever. actually passionate about something at least. It's so well, dumb. Okay. Book yeah. Bella actually is passionate and actually has emotions. Right. Um, what's her face did not portray her well, um, so except bad. during the second movie. She did a really good job portraying a, shell of a creature during Mm -hmm. that time but um, yeah yeah. it's just bad it's so bad but you should watch the movies they're terrible the fact that 50 shades (laughs) i watch them when i need to fall asleep there you go yeah Yeah. the fact that 50 shades of gray was like birthed out of like a fan fiction from twilight just makes me even more cringe oh yeah Mm -hmm. I, i remember when all of it came out like the 50 shades thing like I, it's it was just so horrible. I can't even put it into words. How like I never saw it, but the ways things people were describing it, mm-hmm. and the little bit that I saw and read of it, I'm like, why are we like this as a society? It makes me sad. It makes mm-hmm. me sad too. It's so bad. Well, and that's what a lot of like books are coming to. Like I, I'm not. I've sadly found the seedy side of book TikTok. Um, Mm-hmm. And all of it is just these, 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 what they call spicy romance books. And I'm like, Why well, I mean, it's, 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 it's everything. I mean, smutty romance has always existed. I have no problem with it mm-hmm. specifically. Just don't market it as something other than what it is. You know it's, what I mean? Like, very true. Marketed as so, this like deep romantic love trial. It's not, no. it's smut. Like, yeah. Call it what it is. Exactly. Know? Yes. Yeah. 
At least they're calling those smut. They don't call it smut. They call it spicy. Spicy. Same thing. Whatever. They're trying soft to make language. it sound. It's a they're soft trying language. to make it not sound skeezy. They're trying to make it, it not so, sound skeezy, but it is skeezy. If you're know? buying it, you know what you're buying. You know exactly it's what true. you're buying. Stop mm-hmm. using the soft language. Be direct. Yes. Just accept it. It's fine. My inner George like Carlin's it. coming out. It's, I love well, it. I can't say that on this podcast, can I? It's it's something for women. Starts with a P. Corn. Sure, corn. corn. It's corn yeah. for women. Exactly. Mm-hmm. We all know. We yeah. Know. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Well, Honors and awards. So J.K. Rowling. <laughs> Let's uh, go back to her. So she's got a lot of honors Speaking of why awards. we were here in the first place. Yeah. Oh, boy. All right. So she has gotten the Companion of Honor for Services to Literature and Philanthropy in 2017, Penn America Literary Service Award in 2016, Freedom of the City of London 2012, Hans Christian Hans Christian Andersen Award, Denmark 2010, Chevalier de la, I don't know, some French thing. French. I can't do it. Okay. In 2009, sorry, French people. Lifetime Achievement Award, British Book Awards, 2008, South Bank Show Award for Outstanding Achievement, 2008, James Joyce Award, University College Dublin, 2008. The Edinburgh Award, Dang. 2008. Commencement Day Speaker, Harvard, we said, 2008. Blue Peter Gold Badge, 2007. W.H. Smith Fiction Award, 2004. Prince of Os... No, wait. Erst- oh, no, that word is spelled differently than I thought it was. Asturias Award for Concord. <sighs> Spain, I don't know. I'm sorry again. 2003. Order of the British Empire, or an OBE, 2001. Children's Book of the Year, British Book Awards, 1998 and 1999. Booksellers Association, Author of the Year, 1998 and 1999. And that is it. This is all from her website. So I'm assuming this is it, unless they haven't updated it. But She didn't get a Pulitzer? It wasn't listed. I assume they would have listed that if she did. Harry Potter didn't get a Pulitzer? That's weird. I don't know. It's got those wizards and witches in it. So maybe it didn't qualify. People are so judgy of it, you know. Okay. I don't know. I have I no idea thought... what the requirements are for a Pulitzer, but it was not listed on her website. So, but hmm. she got a lot of other awards and lots of money. So I think she's yeah. okay without it. I just, I'm shocked because most yeah. amazing, most, if you look, most of the amazing books or the the lifetime books of, mm-hmm. of children's book gets a Pulitzer. Mm-hmm. They'll probably wait until huh. she's dead and then give it to her, like, you know. Well, they're not going to give it to her now until whatever's happening blows mm-hmm. away. Yeah. So we'll see. Maybe someday she'll get it. No, no. And she has three charities that she founded or supports. I think she founded all. Of, no, she founded all of these. Yeah. So there's three that she founded. So Lumos. J.K. Rowling is the founder and president. And it's an international children's charity fighting for every child's right to a family by transforming care systems around the world. Lumos sheds light on the root cause of family separation, which is poverty, conflict, and discrimination, and demonstrates that children can safely be united with loving families that help them thrive. So I thought that was great being a children's book author Mm -hmm. at first. Still looking into this more after our podcast. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love the charities that, that she has. The second one she has is the Anne Rowling Regenerative, Regenerative, oh my God. I can't do it. Regenerative. Thank you. I can't do it. I'm so (laughs) tired. Neurology Clinic. (laughs) 
So anyways, the Ann Rowling Clinic was founded by a donation from J.K. Rowling in 2010 in memory of her mother, Anne, who he said died in 1990 from complications related to multiple sclerosis. The clinic delivers clinical care and research to improve the lives of people with, de with degenerative conditions affecting the brain, as well as hosting specialist NHS clinics for these conditions. And she continues to fund MS re research exclusively through this clinic. And I thought that was very cool too, that she That's does. Cool. Yeah. Great, great charity. And in memory of her, we'll mm -hmm. Perfect, mm -hmm. yeah, I love it. And then the Volant, Volant Charitable Trust. Yeah. No, no, we're gonna go with that. <laughs> she also supports a wide range of projects and organizations through her Charitable Trust Volant or Volant, whatever, which she set up in 2000 to administer grants to charities primarily in Scotland, which help alleviate social deprivation, particularly affecting women and children. So again, mm -hmm. yeah, which, yeah. you know, she struggled as a single mom. And so, yeah, I can see that particularly. Yeah, definitely. For her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yep. And I got this from, as I said, jkrowling.com, Britannica.com and biography.com. Mostly JK Rowling, but you know, yeah, I've done a couple of the holes with the other stuff. Yeah, that's all I got. I don't know if you guys had any other stuff, but I didn't give you any room because I figured probably not. No, that was a lot of info. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to kind of let you uh, take yeah. that one. That's, yeah. I didn't know oh. what else to add. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and honestly, a lot of this is stuff I've either knew to me because finally the timeline debacle right? mm -hmm. um, and, and stuff I didn't know, like the the Robert Galbraith. Nope. Galbraith. Nope. Gail, Gail something. Yep. I learned a lot too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I had no idea. Mm -hmm. So it was fun to put together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She, yeah. She will always be like top, top of my author list. Mm -hmm. I just, she inspires me so much with the stuff she's gone through, her writing style, how she puts things together. Just, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure there's lots of plot holes and whatnot, like there usually is in stories, but she came up with the whole thing over those five years. I mm -hmm. don't know. I'm not going to go nitpicking for stuff, but I saw like a YouTube video that was like, oh, plot holes in Harry Potter. And I'm, I just, I'm there's sure. plot holes in everything. I it, mean, it is what it is. Gosh, yeah. But she spent you know. five years putting together all of the ideas for the entire series. And I think right. that's so amazing. Like it wasn't yes. like, oh, I wrote these and then I start coming up with more ideas. So I added to it. Mm -hmm. She, mm -hmm. she knew what she wanted to do with it. Yeah. So I'm kind of curious because I am a plot hole like i see that like i i tend to like see them when i'm reading yes mm -hmm. and i don't know if i've ever really noticed I don't i've, think I've noticed plot holes in the movie because mm -hmm. they're not along the books but mm -hmm. i mean i i don't really i don't feel like i've noticed plot holes like major i don't think so in potter I don't think so. Yeah. I'm kind of curious. I'm going to, I'm going to watch that video. I'm going to find a video. on. Just Google it. And, yeah. You know, and watch it. Cause I want to see if they're correct or not. Cause some people make up just like, just like people make up those stupid Disney animation, um, connections. Mm -hmm. Oh, those um, are fun. Probably. Though. No, those drive me crazy. They're like a big shared universe. I don't like it. I do. It's my I own personal thing. Like I don't like it. Yeah. You can't sit here and try to connect a 2020 animation with a 1960 animation. That just doesn't work. 
Sorry, I get very passionate about that one. Nothing against. Well, there there are stuff they do stuff with uh Pixar though, like Pixar the Disney Pixar is stuff. one giant There's all kinds universe. of like But that was actually intentional by Pixar. Fair enough. They actually came out and like said, yes, this is intentional. We are literally one big universe from past Easter to the eggs future. and all that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Disney animation just likes to put random little Easter eggs in things for fun because Disney does Easter eggs ever, even in their parks. They have the hidden Mickeys and all the things. Um, but like you can't connect Little Mermaid with Frozen. They I haven't tried. seen Frozen, so I can't actually say that. They tried and then Frozen 2 killed it. And I was like, yes. Yeah. All I, the only one I can remember is uh, the throw <laughs> rug of Scar showing up in Hercules. yeah, that's a thing. Mm -hmm. So That is, I'm sure there's that's a way to an connect Easter to that egg. somewhere. Yeah. Mm hmm Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I, I am a purist. I want to keep it how it is. <laughs> I guess that's what the word for it. I am a purist when it comes to my stories. Mm-hmm. 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 Some of That's us are why purists. I don't like fan fiction. And even Yeah. though I like put ideas in my head, I'm like, I know they're not real. They're just fun little things. Let, let's be fair. The Marvel Cinematic Universe kind of spoiled all of our thinking because now everything has to be a shared universe. You ever notice that? Like that's because the way we sort of collectively think as a society Mm. now, everything's like a long running series or some sort of shared universe in some way. At least that's what it feels like to me. Yeah. Mm, I guess. That is a big Marvel thing. I just reject a lot of Marvel things, so it just doesn't, yeah. And, and I mean, not so much like accepting it or rejecting it. I'm just saying it's sort of like, I feel like it's sort of trained us to think in a certain way, not intentionally, just it, it's sort of the outcome of like, we're so used to seeing everything shared. So now part of us, like somewhere in the deep part of our psyche is going to be like, well, I wonder if this could be connected to this and such and such and such. So, or maybe that's Yeah, just that me. might be. I mean, that might be something that's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, it's a fair assumption. Okay, guys, Mm -hmm. well, that's I'm our our I'm first done. our first Harry Potter episode complete. Boom. I'm really excited for our next one. Our next Yeah. one's gonna be so much fun. Next one's just gonna be fun. Yeah. I just I'm so excited. So, Mm -hmm. Pixie Dusters, stay tuned for next week because next week we are talking about our own. wizarding world we're going to be talking about what house we think we'd be in in hogwarts like pets patronus i mean we went on the wizarding website for some of this but um i even have some fun little questions on like okay who do you think would do this or who do you think would do that Mm -hmm. so um i'm not I'm going gonna to tell be real you who honest wins though. I'm real mad about my Patronus. I won't reveal i can't it yet. wait i haven't yeah i it's have not no it's idea nothing what your patronus like me. is It's oh i not, can't no, they wait just you can't pick yours, right? They just give it to you, right? I literally took the thing like before I logged on today, so I'm a little uh-huh behind. But like they just they just give it to you, right? You don't like take a quiz to get it like with the wand. Uh, we took a quiz. There was some quiz I did on Wizarding World. I logged on, they literally just said, This is your Patronus. I was like, I didn't ask for this. Then you can choose your own Patronus. I took a quiz. Pottermore actually had a quiz for Patronus. Mm -hmm. That's how Oh, I got see, mine. I got on the Wizarding World. Yeah, I don't know how the Wizarding World does it. I Because think they Pottermore had one. became Wizarding World. They should have Okay. had one because I made Robbie do it. Unless you took it a long time ago and didn't know it. I took, well... I didn't take it myself. I had somebody else take it for me, but they gave me the results. But I, didn't, I never made a profile on Pottermore or anything. Huh. 
just okay. just change it to whatever you think your your patronus would be so yeah, we'll, we'll have what he was assigned and what he prefers how about that? yes we'll there do we that we'll do that there we go. all right pixie dusters we will see you next week for our summer of potter later bye Thanks for listening to the Pixie Dust Twins podcast featuring Dan. The show is written and produced by Ashley and Sammy, except for those manifestos, which are all written by Dan himself. Intro and audio editing by Sammy, logo created by Ashley. The show is produced as part of the Limitless Broadcasting Network. Make sure you check out all of our other shows and have a magical day.